Hello, thank you for joining me here today at Why the Book Wins. My name is Laura and today is a very special video because I am celebrating three years of doing book first movie episodes. So my first ever book first movie episode went up on August 12th, 2020. And every year since then, around mid-August, I like to look back on the last year and just share my favorite and my least favorite book first movie episodes that I have done. And so I consider from August 2022 to August 2023, that has been my season three of Why the Book Wins. And in season three, I did 51 book first movie episodes. In season two, I did 53. The first year, I only did 30. So that was obviously the least so far. But as of right now, three years in, I have done 134 episodes if my math is right. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty exciting. And obviously 53 last year and 51 this year is an incredible amount. So I'm very proud of myself for having done so many. But I've mentioned this before, but I didn't start filming these as a YouTube video until, like I started filming on YouTube in like September of 2021, but it wasn't like regularly that I was filming these until probably like December of 2021. So the first 40 episodes or so are only available as audio. But before I get into this video, I wanted to ask you to comment down below and you can either share what your favorite book first video that I have done in the last year has been, or you could also share which book first movie video brought you to why the book wins. Or maybe it was even a book first movie video because if it was through YouTube it could have been through a different video I've posted but so yeah let me know what episode brought you here or let me know if you have like a personal favorite from the last 12 months. So let's kick things off with my least favorite book <laughs> that I have covered. This is a really easy one. I will say two like honorable mentions for ones that I didn't like would be Confess Fletch. That one was just kind of boring and then another one one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is an interesting one because there's aspects of it I really like. There is also some like really problematic things in that book. And like, it's not like, oh, there was a sexist character or a misogynistic character. Like that book's message was very misogynistic. <laughs> and yet it's really well written and there's aspects of it that I really liked. So definitely kind of a weird one. You should definitely check that episode out. But the winner for least favorite book is without a doubt The Godfather by Mario Puzo. And the fact that obviously this book is so famous and a lot of people do acknowledge like, wow, the movie is better and the book has a lot of problems. So I'm definitely, you know, same with Cuckoo's Nest. I'm definitely not the first one to acknowledge the issues with these books. But The Godfather is an interesting one because you do have people who acknowledge the issues with it. But then you have other people who have talked about it who say it's like what their favorite book and it's incredible and they absolutely loved it. And so I've seen a few videos of people praising it and I'm always just like how can you just give this so much praise and not acknowledge the issues in it uh so it still confuses me when I see people say it's you know like an amazing book it's incredible I loved it and not mention anything that was wrong with it and and these have been men I will say so maybe they are just uh more unaware of the issues with it because they're a man and not a woman and the issues with the book are you know it's just very misogynistic again and it was so bad that I didn't even finish it because it was just so upsetting to read that I just could not take reading another page and I stopped at like 75 percent you know I've talked about this before obviously I have the book first movie video where I rant about the book I also talked about it in my least favorite books of 2022 video that I did in December so some of you have heard me say this you know a number a few times at this point but but I get that you know the critique where it's like oh that's just 
just the way it was back then. Or, oh, like, it doesn't mean that's Mario Puzo's view. It's just the way he wrote these characters. And that's just the way the mafia was and saying that I shouldn't be bothered by it because of that. But honestly, Mario Puzo, he made the conscious choice to write all of the woman characters in just really demeaning ways. And then uh, a key female character, she has a whole chapter and it's all about like her body parts and getting reconstructive surgery on a private part of her body. And that is the extent of her storyline. And I've heard people defend that too, being like, oh, it's symbolic and it represents, you know, this or that. But it's just like, really? Like, <laughs> I feel like you can't even defend that, even if you can say like it's symbolic of her character and her relationship with Sunny or whatever. Like, I don't even care. There is no excuse for having a storyline like that. I feel like my thoughts on this are like kind of jumbled <laughs> and all over the place. So if you want to hear me talk about this in a more cohesive way, again, check out my book first movie episode. So let's move on to a more positive topic. Let's talk about my favorite books that I have covered. So again, there are some honorable mentions here. For example, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. I loved that one so much. No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy. Frankenstein, of course, by Mary Shelley is fantastic. And then like I have multiple listed as the winner. For starters, John Steinbeck. It's hard to pick one because I covered like all the giant St Steinbeck episodes I've done have all been in the last 12 months. So like trying to pick a favorite when it comes to like East of Eden and the Grapes of Wrath is so hard because those two books are fantastic. So those two are definitely in with my favorites. But spoiler alert, The Hero Dies by Michael Osiello was also just such a touching, beautiful, poignant book that just really made me reflect on myself and my own life. And that's like a theme throughout all of these books that I'm naming as favorites. I think they're all just so well written for one and the plot and the storyline is fantastic, but they also give you so much to think about and dwell on. And then also there are ones that like impacted me and my like personally, you know, it made me reflect on myself and my life in one way or another. So yeah, that goes for John Steinbeck, Grapes of Wrath and East of Eden, but also spoiler alert, like I said, just such a beautiful, sad, incredible book while also being funny. And then The Color Purple, <laughs> I loved so, so much. I read it twice, like back to back essentially. And it's such a beautiful book. And again, just so powerful and it covers heavy topics, but it leaves you just like I just love the messages in it and it's such a hopeful uplifting book too and I just absolutely loved it and I loved the characters and I loved their character arcs and how their relationships also change over time as well as like how they as individuals change and uh I I just can't say enough good about this. I read it twice already this year, but when the new movie comes out in December, I'm planning on reading it again before going to see the new movie. And yeah, ugh, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Again, yes, it does get into tough topics and like right from the start, uh, you know, you have a difficult scene described right in the first chapter, but just know that it is ultimately a very hopeful, uplifting, and just a beautiful book. So yeah, I guess as far as my favorites, which it's so hard because I've covered so many, but yeah, East of Eden and Grapes of Wrath, as well as Spoiler Alert and The Color Purple um, are definitely some of the ones that are like top of the list for me for the last year. And then to talk about my least favorite adaptation that I have covered. So I Am Legend, the one with Will Smith. I definitely do not like that movie. I didn't like it when I saw it back when it came out and I don't like it still today. <laughs> I just find it boring. And again, I don't like, I've said this before, but I don't like using that as an excuse because it seems like such a lame reason not to like something. But yeah, the movie just isn't interesting in my mind. And Will Smith gives a fine performance, but I don't think it's his best. And then the storyline is just kind of cheesy and dumb and the ending and just, yeah, not a fan. The CGI is also pretty bad. And then the scene with the dog, which I don't like, not for like the reasons a lot of people might not like it, but yeah, 
I just don't like it. And it comes across as like too manipulative in some ways. So that's definitely one of my least favorite adaptations. And then also Peter Pan and Wendy, I wanted to mention because that one, I didn't dislike it as much as so many other people did because so many YouTubers and so many reviewers gave this horrible reviews. And I thought it was just kind of middle of the road, which I loved the book Peter Pan. I didn't mention it in my favorites, but that one was a fantastic book. And so especially in comparison to the book, the movie was just like, it was fine. <laughs> but it's not one I would ever watch again. And ultimately, it's one that is pretty forgettable. And it's directed by David Lowry, which makes me so sad because he did The Green Knight, which I love so, so much. So I was a little disappointed with this one. Um, so I wanted to mention that. But then another one I wanted to mention is Confess Fletch, which this was listed in like one of my least favorite books, just because again, it just, I didn't find it very interesting and it wasn't as funny as it was meant to be. And it just, yeah, I just wasn't really into that book. And so the movie as well, I also just wasn't really into. And I didn't think the performances were anything that special and it wasn't as funny as I had hoped. So ultimately, if I had to pick just all around my least favorite, I would probably say Confess Fletch because that is one where the book and movie were just kind of meh. They weren't like offensive and bothersome the way the book The Godfather was. So there's that, but they just... I, they just weren't very interesting, ultimately, and just very forgettable. But to move on to my favorite adaptations. So this is a tough one, but The Talented Mr. Ripley, I absolutely loved that movie. That was so fantastic. The book I thought was like fine, but then the movie, oh man, like the direction and the cinematography, we have so many cool shots. And then the performances and then the storyline too, they do change the storyline a bit from book to movie and I prefer it in the movie. And yeah, Matt Damon is incredible. And then of course, Jude Law and Kate Blanchett and Gwyneth Paltrow. And wow, it is just such an amazing movie. And I loved it so, so much. In fact, next week, since I'm taking the week off of doing a regular book first movie video, I will be releasing a video where I share my thoughts on all of the Ripley adaptations because there have been five in total. But yeah, this version in particular, I absolutely loved. So, so amazing, but also Jaws. I watched that for the first time this year and I feel so dumb being like, wow, like Jaws is a fantastic movie because it's kind of like, well, yeah, no duh. <laughs> but I was just blown away at how incredible it really was. And when I was rating it, I was thinking of giving it five stars, but I was like, huh, like, do I, does, do I really want to give this five stars? Like what's a critique I have? And I couldn't think of any critiques. I had no complaints. It was just an incredible movie. And I want to make it a habit to watch this every summer now, which I know a lot of people like to watch it around the 4th of July, which is of course very fitting. But yeah, that movie, I absolutely loved it so, so much. I can't believe it took me so long to finally watch it. Uh, but then also Frankenstein with Kenneth Branagh from, he directed it and he stars in it. It's from like 94, I think, or something. Also has Robert De Niro and Helena Bonham Carter. This one I had seen before, but it was a long, long time ago. It was when I was probably like in my early teens and it kind of scared me, <laughs> like the scene specifically with Helena Bonham Carter that happens later on. I'll keep it spoiler free. That part kind of, uh, I didn't like <laughs> at that time and it kind of scared me but watching it now I just loved it so much and I think it's just it's a very faithful adaptation to the book and the performances are incredible and yeah I just absolutely loved it and again that's one where I want to make it a thing to watch that like every October because that one and the book too you know the book is amazing but yeah this it's just such a great adaptation and yeah I 
I feel like not enough people talk about this movie and not enough people have seen it and it deserves more hype because it is just so good. And then Revolutionary Road. So I loved this book. And this is a tough one because both book and movie are so fantastic. But I do like the movie just a bit more. And we just have incredible performances by Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, Kathy Bates, um, Michael Shannon. Just everybody is just so amazing. And uh, like, I just love this story. And again, it's tough. I didn't mention the book, but the book is also just so well written. And there's so many aspects to the book that maybe aren't exactly in the movie, you know, because the movie, there is no voiceover or anything. But so some of the thoughts people have, it's just like, wow, like, uh, like, it's so well written and so many <laughs> things that I could relate to, to one extent or another. Obviously, this is a very extreme situation within this couple. But yeah, I absolutely love this movie so, so much. It is so intense. And I had seen it before. And yet when I watched it like I was just glued to the screen and usually I like will pick up my phone at different points while watching a movie but not this one like I just wanted to watch it the whole time even though like I said I'd seen it before and I remembered it but uh, I was just so immersed in this story and the performances are amazing and such a fantastic movie and then I also wanted to give a shout out to The Silent Twins which was also an amazing adaptation I thought that it was definitely better than the book the book kind of treated the twins as like um not supernatural but she almost had that vibe at times even though she knew them personally whereas the movie I think was just more respectful and told their story in a more loving way while also showing the issues they had and the performances amazing and they also have these like stop motion animation scenes which are really well done and I saw this in theaters and man like I was an emotional wreck by the end of this movie seeing this movie in theaters was so like emotionally draining but it is just like uh like so sad but also just so beautiful and so touching and just uh it's an amazing story but yeah, I highly recommend this one. You should definitely check it out. And then some of the big surprises this year, one being the book Drive. So I didn't mention the movie, which the movie is really good, but the book, I kind of went into it like, I don't know what I expected, but I was just kind of like, oh, it'll be like some, you know, noir pulpy style book. But I ended up just really enjoying it so, so much. The way it was written with like the timeline kind of uh, going back and forth in time and it makes it hard to follow, but the payoff is worth it and... It was also just really insightful and some really interesting sections throughout and so very well written and the plot I really enjoyed. And yeah, there was just more to it, I guess, than I had been expecting. And I ended up reading it twice, which I read it twice partly because the first time around I kind of had a hard time following it. So I read it a second time to better understand the plot, but I really loved this one and was very surprised by it. And then the I Am Legend, the book, I was also surprised by. So I saw I Am Legend, the movie, you know, back when it came out, like I said. And so I had never been very interested in reading the book because I didn't like the movie. I'm so glad that I read the book, though, because the book was amazing. It was so well written. The story I loved. It was also like the first of its kind. And the ending is fantastic. I absolutely loved the way this book ended. So yeah, I put this off for a long time because of the movie and I'm so glad that I finally watched it. Or sorry, I'm so glad I finally read it and it definitely deserves, you know, it has such a legacy and it was definitely a well-earned legacy in my mind. Um, and then also the movie Blackberry was a pleasant surprise. This one, like I had kn known about it like months prior, I knew this was in the making, but I kind of was just kind of like, ah, 
you know, I don't know. I wasn't that interested. But early on, it started getting good reviews. So then it like caught my attention because of the reviews. But even so, even though I knew it had good reviews, I was still just very pleasantly surprised by this one. Like, the performances are incredible and it's very funny while also just being so suspenseful at times. And it's like these boardroom meetings, these corporate meetings, but you're like on the edge of your seat. <laughs> and it's also just kind of a crazy story too with Blackberry, you know, and we all know it's gonna end poorly, right? Because no one uses Blackberries anymore, but it still keeps you like on the edge of your seat wanting to know what will happen. So fantastic movie, highly, highly recommend. So entertaining and you also learn a lot watching it too. So yeah, that one was another pleasant surprise. And then also I wanted to mention Corner Office, which that book and movie, I really enjoyed them both. I didn't know what to expect going into the book, but it was just very Kafka-esque is a good way to phrase it because it's surreal while also dealing with jobs and like the corporate world working in an office and, you know, metamorphosis. It's very surreal and weird, but it also deals with working and providing for your family in a way. So yeah, and then the movie was really well done too, and it got really bad ratings, but I really enjoyed it. So you should definitely check it out. And then before I wrap up my discussion on the 51 episodes I have done, obviously out of 51 episodes, just then I probably talked about like 10 or 15. So a very small fraction. So to make up for that, I'm going to just scroll through the list of all the episodes I've done just so all of them can get a shout out. And if you see one that you didn't know I covered, it can help bring attention to videos which maybe you will choose to go back and watch. So that is my season two wrap up, which you definitely should watch if you have not already. But the first one I released after that was actually Native Son, which I didn't even mention, but that book is amazing. So intense, but so well written. And I actually, I should have mentioned that in my favorites because that book is so good. And then I covered three different adaptations. So that was really interesting. The oldest adaptation stars the author of the book. So yeah, that's a really interesting episode and the book is fantastic. And then we have Carol, which is by Patricia Highsmith and the movie has a Cape Blanchett, you know, who is always amazing. And then 3000 Years of Longing, which again, I didn't even mention, but that one is based on the book, Jin and the Nightingale's Eye. And yet again, another movie that got poor reviews, but I really liked it. And I thought the performances were amazing and the visuals, and it's also just a very beautiful story. And it's very, like it has different ways you can interpret it. So it's very symbolic and yeah, amazing movie. And the story is actually very different but I really liked the story as well. And then The Godfather, which I did talk about. Blade Runner, another one I didn't even talk about, but <laughs> Blade Runner, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I'm so glad I had Preston on for this episode because I had read this book before and seen the movie, but talking to him about it definitely gave me a whole new appreciation for it. And yeah, this is of course a fantastic book and a great adaptation and an, ex an example of a good adaptation that is very different from the book, but it's still really good. Uh, so yeah, that was a really fun one to cover. The Silent Twins, The Red Pony, another John Steinbeck, The Grapes of Wrath, which I did mention. Rebecca, again, absolutely loved that one. And my follow-up video for the Rebecca Netflix adaptation, which I did not like. Uh, Haunting of Hill House, which, wow, I didn't talk about that either, but that book too was not what I expected. It was more like psychological than I thought it would be. And it's like, it feels like a fever dream, I think is how I described it. And yeah, so fantastic. Shirley Jackson is amazing. Definitely want to read more by her. Uh, and Luke from Ink to Film joined me for that one. So that was a really good discussion as well. The Uninvited, which I really like that movie. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. And then of course, Frankenstein, which I did mention. Grasshopper slash Three Assassins, that is the prequel to Bullet Train. So that was a really fun one. I really, I love... Kotaro Isaka, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's a fantastic writer and he, he has 
I've only read two of his books, I should say, Bullet Train and Three Assassins, but they both just had perfect endings. Like, and the whole story throughout is just so fun and so unique and so action-packed and entertaining while also just being really thoughtful. And again, the endings both for Bullet Train and Three Assassins are just so beautiful and I absolutely love it. So especially if you liked Bullet Train, for sure read Three Assassins. And then the movie is a Japanese adaptation, which I liked, but I would definitely recommend the book over the movie. The Wonder, which was that new Netflix movie that came out, that was a really interesting one as well. That is a shorter video. I feel like I could have gone more in depth into that, but it was a new release. So I was kind of rushing the release of my video, but yeah, really good movie, really good book. You should definitely check out my episode if you have not already. All Quiet on the Western Front, another one I didn't even talk about, but my brother joined me for that episode. And yeah, the book and movie are both fantastic. And yeah, I highly recommend both book and movie. Joy Luck Club, another beautiful story. And then The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which I was going to cover more of the Narnia books. And I read and watched Prince Caspian, but then I just felt like I had nothing to say, <laughs> you know? And so it kind of uh, dampened my interest in covering any of the Narnia books. So I started Voyage of the Dawn Treader, but then I didn't even finish it and I didn't even watch the movie. So yeah, I kind of lost all of my steam when it came to covering the Narnia books. So all I've done is Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I did mention. Dreamcatcher, Stephen King. I've definitely done less Stephen King in the last 12 months. But yeah, Dreamcatcher is one I did. I Am Legend. Spoiler alert, the hero dies. Tr Nocturnal Animals, which is based on Tony and Susan. Again, I'm surprised I didn't mention this one because the book is so good. The book and movie are just, again, kind of confusing. And it's one of those that you could just, whether it's the book or the movie, you could just talk about it for so long with other people and try to figure out like what it all means and what do you think it means and how did you interpret that? Well, what about this? And what about that character? So there's just so much to get into with that one and I would highly recommend it. LA Confidential, <laughs> another one where I had two videos because that plot, the book plot was so confusing and I was looking for someone who explained the book plot because I didn't want to have to go through and read it a second time because it's kind of long. But there was no one, I couldn't find anyone online who just explained in depth, the plot of the book. So I decided to go through and read the book again. And then I made that video <laughs> explaining the plot. Uh, but yeah, and then the movie is fantastic. I really liked it a lot. So yeah, I would definitely recommend the movie. And I mean, you can watch my video on the book. I'm kind of, there's aspects of the book that I just really don't like and were kind of gross. So I'd be hesitant to recommend it to just anybody. But you know, James Elroy is obviously a very talented writer and he came up with a very in-depth story. But anyway. John Carter, Princess of Mars. Yeah, I was surprised how much I enjoyed that one. That was a fun one to watch and read. Elton John, the biopic, me, his book, his memoir compared to Rocketman, the biopic. Fantastic, both of them were so, so good. I loved them so much. His music is amazing. So obviously with the musical, you get to hear the music, which adds something to it, but the book was also fantastic. The Fly, based on the short story, I compared it with the Vincent Price movie. Of Mice and Men, another John Steinbeck. Revolutionary Road, which I've talked about. The Color Purple, you know I love. Shawshank Redemption, a very popular you know, movie. So that was an interesting one to do. East of Eden, One True Loves. I really liked that one too. It made me want to read more of Taylor Jenkins Reid. The Mist, that movie, uh, as you see in the thumbnail, that ending. Wow. That, yeah, I don't even know what to say. But anyway, Peter Pan, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. That was, I love that movie. I would definitely recommend it. Talented Mr. Ripley, Blackberry, The Birds, which is of course very famous, iconic. Drive, I did mention that one. Confess Fletch, 
No Country for Old Men, The Pale Blue Eye, which another one Preston joined me for. He was on for three episodes, so that was always, it's always fun having him on. We have such great conversations. The Perfect Find, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, I didn't mention, but I loved reading the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants series this summer. They were just so fantastic, and I absolutely love them. And that first adaptation is really good. Ella Enchanted, again, that was a fun one. I really like the movie, personally. People who love the book sometimes have strong feelings against the movie with Ella Enchanted, but I personally really like the movie. And then Stronger, another one very intense, is the true story of the Boston Marathon survivor, Boston Marathon bombing survivor. But yeah, really good book and fantastic movie. And then I covered the sequel movie, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Jaws, Hostella Got Her Groove Back, and then Corner Office. And then Mary Poppins is the most recent one I did, which, uh, yeah, I didn't love it, but it was a fun one to talk about. That is all of the 51 episodes I have done. And now just to go over some statistics, which I think are fun. By the way, you can skip around in the timeline if you don't care about this part, but my most popular videos on YouTube, number three is Corner Office, which is a very new release. I just barely uploaded that video and yet it has done so well on YouTube. So it already outranked so many others. So yeah, Corner Office is number three. The Silent Twins is number two. And then 3000 Years of Longing is number one. So 3000 Years of Longing and The Silent Twins I released within like a month of each other. And then those two have just done so well over time. So that was always a pleasant surprise when it's just a gradual increase. Uh, Whereas Corner Office, that one has been pretty instant (laughs) the way it's done so well. So, but yeah, it's always exciting to see a video just really take off. It feels good. (laughs) So that was exciting with all three of those. Uh, But then with my podcast, the top three podcast episodes are different. So number three is Blade Runner. Number two, Revolutionary Road, which that one really surprised me that it was my number two most listened to episode. And then number one is All Quiet on the Western Front, which All Quiet was number three as far as video popularity, but Corner Office beat it out. But yeah, All Quiet, my brother and I had such a great conversation about that one. So you should definitely check out that video. And then as far as what countries I am most popular in, so we have Canada is number three, United Kingdom is number two, and the United States of America is number one. So they're all English speaking countries. And it's not surprising that USA, of course, is number one since I live in the US. But yeah, so no, no surprises there. But the top cities in America, number three is Oregon, number two, Wisconsin, and number one, Virginia. So yeah, that's kind of uh, a random assortment of cities. Although also Ohio technically is number one. But if you live in Columbus, Ohio, and you listen to my podcast a lot, let me know because part of me thinks there's something fishy with that one. The statistics of people who listen in Ohio, like, because it'll be like, there's one day where randomly, like every single episode of mine, it says it's gotten played by someone in Ohio. And who in Columbus is playing every single episode, right? Like nobody does that. So I think there's like something odd about that. And I don't know if it's some like AI competitor. Or I Like I don't even know. I maybe have my theories, but I don't think it is a legitimate person who is actually listening. But again, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, and if you know that my podcast is super popular there, comment and let me know that it is for real. But I personally think there's something weird about that. And so I don't trust that Ohio is actually number one. I think there's something fishy going on. But anyway, so yeah, those are the statistics. And then to move on, I wanted to talk about just my plans for the future of why the book wins. And there is a big channel update 
or a big update for why the book wins, not necessarily the YouTube channel, but I will no longer be uploading my episodes as a podcast. So I apologize to people who do listen to it as a podcast, but I have decided to stop pay for podcast hosting because I just want to cut costs and most of my audience is through YouTube. And so yeah, ultimately, like I said, I'm just trying to cut costs. And so the podcast is what I have decided to let go of. So I'm going to stop pay for hosting at some point. So this will be the last episode I ever upload as a podcast. And then after that, you won't be seeing any, even though there will be new content on my blog and new content on my YouTube channel, you just won't see it reflected on the podcast app. Uh, But eventually when the hosting laps, I'm pretty sure my podcast will just disappear entirely. So I'm kind of sad about that, where just like if every episode, I mean, I have it on my laptop, of course, I have backup, but as far as my podcast just disappearing forever, it does make me sad, but my blog will continue and my YouTube channel will continue And yeah, to those, like I said, who listen to it as a podcast, I apologize, but I'm just not making enough money to pay for all all of the subscriptions and things I have going on. And so the podcast is what has to go. Speaking of which, if you want to become a patron, (laughs) that helps the channel financially, which, you know, I'm very grateful for. Also, just watching these YouTube videos and putting up with the ads, that also helps my channel a lot. So thank you for putting up with ads and thank you to those who are patrons. And I will link down in the description if you want to sign up and become a patron yourself. And then to wrap it up, I just want to mention some upcoming projects that I plan on covering. So there are a number of new releases. There is a new Agatha Christie movie coming out in October. I think it's called, it's based on the book Halloween Party, but I think it's called Murder in Venice. I believe that's still coming out in October. I want to cover that. Killers of the Flower Moon, I definitely will be doing. There is a Netflix adaptation of All the Light We Cannot See, which I read that book in 2017 and I loved it. So I'm excited to read it again and compare it with the TV show. And if I do that, it'll be my first time ever doing a book first TV show because I've avoided TV because it's just time consuming. But this is one I'm really excited about. So I'm planning on covering that in November. Also, there is a movie called Poor Things coming out with Emma Stone, which I have looked at very little about that, but I know it looks weird. And so I want to go into it blind, knowing as little as possible, but I'm very excited for it. And that one originally was going to come out in September, but then it got pushed. So I think it's November or December now. So I definitely want to do that. And then the new color purple, which I will release a video for as well. So those are just some off the top of my head that I know I want to cover. A lot of times with new releases, I don't even find out about it until like you know, pretty close to the release date. So then I scramble and read the book and then I release the video. So a lot of them just happen spur of the moment. So there's a lot I haven't mentioned here that I'm sure I will cover down the road once I find out about them. And yeah, that wraps it up for my season three wrap up. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for supporting my channel, for subscribing, for sharing it with others, for commenting. All of these things, you know, help my channel grow and help it be seen in the algorithm. And those who have shared my podcast, I appreciate that too. And thank you to those who have joined me for an episode this year. You know, Luke from Ink to Film, like I mentioned, as well as my brother Joseph, as well as my brother-in-law Preston. So thank you to all of my guests. And I'm sure I will have guests in the upcoming year as well. So that's always fun. It's a nice way to switch it up to have someone else to talk to on the show. But yeah, comment what your favorite what your least favorites were, comment what video brought you to why the book wins. And again, just thank you so much for watching and so much for thank you so much for supporting this channel. And yeah, this has been just so much fun. And I'm so excited to go into my fourth year, which is kind of crazy when I think about how it's been three years now and the time has just flown by. (laughs) And yeah, I'm excited about all the potential book first movie episodes that await in the next 12 months.
And before I close out, if you have not watched my season two wrap up, go ahead and check that out. I will link to it here and you can go ahead and click on that and you can find out what my favorites had been from season two. And thank you so much for watching and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email me at whythebookwins at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram, which is all one word, whythebookwins. Or you can comment on the YouTube video for this episode if you have thoughts about this specific book and movie. And my YouTube name is, you guessed it, Why the Book Wins. <laughs> and I love interacting with my audience and I'm always replying to my comments and my messages and emails and I love hearing from you guys. So it would mean a lot for me to hear the input that you have. I really appreciate it and I appreciate you listening. And once again, I hope you like this episode and join me next week for the latest installment of Why the Book Wins.